Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to see everybody. If you're in the children's church group, then you can head on back that way, uh, upstairs. And um, yeah, it's good to have everybody here this morning uh, before, uh, right before school starting. And <clears throat> I was thinking about a few things this morning, and I'm glad that we had several uh, of our guys had the opportunity to share. And when Greg mentioned the NFL starting, I thought, you know, for sure we'd have a Go Bills or something, but... Um, yeah, okay, I got one. I got one. So, uh, yeah, it's a good season, though, right? Summer is over. For some of us, that's a sad thing. For others, it's good. We're moving into the crisp fall air as it drizzles outside on us as we walk in and probably walk out today. And so this morning, uh, we're going to be in our series, Enduring Faith. We've shifted from 1 Timothy to 2 Timothy. And so you can go ahead and take your Bibles and go from 2 Timothy, uh, going to 2 Timothy 1, uh, 8 through 18. And we'll be talking about uh, confidence. Confidence in what, you might ask? Uh, well, confidence in God's plan. And um, so sometimes it's easy for us to have confidence in maybe our abilities or um, certain things we can do. Um, but when it comes to God's plan, sometimes we, uh, we get discouraged, right? We lose heart when maybe something happens that's outside of the parameters of what we want or what we've planned for. Then we go, God, this must not have been a part of the plan. And so that's what we'll be talking about <clears throat> this morning. As I was thinking about the text and just the ideas and phrases and things that were coming to my mind, um, I went back to my childhood, as many times we do. We were reminded of things um, growing up. Um, and this phrase popped into my, my mind, uh, I love it when a plan comes together. And if you were born before 1990, then you probably know what that is from. Uh, I grew up with uh, my dad watching reruns of the A-Team. And so... I don't know if you watched that. It's okay if you didn't. Um, so uh, there's a character named John uh, Smith, known as Hannibal, who would always use that phrase. When the mission was complete, he would say, I love it when a plan comes together. And so, <laughs> Robin, she's like mouthing it while, <laughs> while I'm talking. So uh, maybe that was you growing up and you knew that, or you like watched them as they were coming out, or you watched the reruns. Either way, it was good stuff. Um, but I'm always reminded as we go through texts like this, it's easy to go, yeah, we love it when the plan comes together, when everything goes the way we want it to, right? But maybe, and I would think more often than not, if you've lived long enough, the plan sometimes deviates or it changes or something happens and you just go, I'm just not sure that was supposed to be a part of the plan. And so today, uh, I want to just ask this question. Uh, do you know that you have confidence or do you have confidence in God's plan, the one that he has for us? Now, God's got this overarching plan for humanity and the universe from the time that he uh, created everything. And he's got this plan for each one of our lives. And today, I hope that as we read through this text, um, we'll be encouraged by what Paul said and the setting that he was in and how he had confidence to say what he did while he was in chains for the gospel and how we in our situations can go, okay, no matter what happens, I can still have confidence in the plan that God has for my life. We belong to him. And so with that, we'll jump right into it. The first fill in the blank is a revealed plan, a revealed plan. So verse 8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Um, so the shared suffering, it's actually a part of the plan. Many times we go, well, uh, I don't really want to celebrate potential suffering. I don't really want to, like Paul talks about suffering. What is he really going through? Well, it says that he is a prisoner for the Lord. And he says, but share in suffering for gospel 
by the power of God. And so I, <clears throat> I thought too about maybe more recent culture, things that we hear about, you know, plans or plans going a certain way or maybe not the right way or when a, when a plan happens but it's according to a certain plan, then we're okay with it. Um, I thought <clears throat> back to a series of movies um, starring Christian Bale, the Batman movies. If you saw the other one that came out, like the guy from Twilight, like, okay, whatever. That's, um, there's been many Batman movies that have come out, uh, but I think back to you know, the Christian Bale one. So you had Heath Ledger playing the Joker character, which was um, a difficult character to play. And I, I was just kind of listening to that again, and I, I looked at one of these things that the Joker character said kind of in his nature. He said, no one panics when things go according to plan, even if the plan is horrifying. And you know, when you first hear that, of course, it's coming from a crazy character, and you're like, okay, that, that's not good. That doesn't mean anything. But when we think about it, we're okay when sometimes plans mean bad things for other people too. Like I'm sure when Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus and Timothy was <clears throat> reading this for everybody to hear, they would have been going, yeah, <clears throat> Paul, that's great. Like we are going to pray for you uh, while you are in chains for the gospel, but we really, we really don't want any part of that. Uh, and so <clears throat> even though maybe we wouldn't say that, with our mouths, we would say like, yes, uh, I, I still trust in God. I would still believe in the plan even when things don't go the way that I want them to. When we get in the midst of it, it's a lot more difficult to answer that question. And so coming from a guy who's in change for the gospel, we can receive this uh, with confidence that even though something wasn't going well for Paul, even horrifying at the time, he's going, I, I'm, going I'm going to become a martyr. There was really no question about that. As he's saying this, he knows that he's a prisoner, but he's sharing in this suffering. And so this word here, even though it's four words in the English for us, the Greek word, uh, uh, it means a little bit more for us, so, but to share in suffering or this hardship for one purpose together. So as Paul's talking to him, he goes, I want you to share in this suffering. And they're like, maybe we don't want to participate in that kind of suffering. But he, he's going, share in the suffering with me. That if Christ were to call you to share in this type of suffering, you could but be praying for me in this suffering. And it was more than that. It, it, he was telling the church, like, as you pray for me, feel and understand what I'm going through. And if you're a part of our community of faith, we're about to have our member class next week, and so I'd really encourage you to do that. If you're not a member and you've been coming and visiting and, and want to become part of a family, uh, but, but how, do we, um, how do we respond to things? Like when something difficult happens, when the plan kind of deviates and we go, I'm not sure what to do, but we're here for you. Paul lays this out for us. He says, but share in the suffering. And how do we do this? Well, we talked about it last week too, the same word for the gospel by the power of God. So how do we share an understanding? How do we ourselves make it through difficult situations? How do we like, make it through the plan even when it doesn't go the way we want it to or we want to share in other people's shared suffering? And we go to God and we say, God, help us to do this with your power. Help us to participate in it. And then verse 9 points us to this um, salvation for this future plan and this purpose that God has. Uh, We've always got to have this future perspective, right? That helps us get through the present. Um, And so Paul said here, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And so I love this. Paul gives perspective. While he's in chains in the gospel, he's talking to Ephesus and to Timothy. He said, what, what did God do for us? Well, he saved us and he called us to a holy calling. He didn't, just, he didn't just save us. He didn't just pull us up out of the muck and the mire from our sins. And he said, you've been forgiven. But he said, I've got this holy calling for you. Not because of what your works, 
And that's hard for some of us, right? Because if we were to be honest, I mean, we, a lot of us, we come to church often, right? We're here, we're invested, and we would go, well, God, he must be pleased with me because I go to church, or he must be pleased because I teach a class, or because I lead worship, or, and you just kind of fill in the blank. And so Paul says here, although Paul had a lot of works, he said, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So God had this perfect plan. It's like before Adam and Eve sinned, before anything happened in the world, before he created man, he had this plan to save everyone. And he knew they would make a lot of bad choices. He knew we would make a lot of bad choices. But seeing the end of all things, he said, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to make sure that they have a way back to me. Uh, we uh, recently got a, a new bike. Well, we'll call it a new bike for Alana um, off of a social media connection, you know. And uh, so you've probably done that before. You're like looking for something. And you're like, yes, I want to get that, but for a lower price <laughs> than what it's listed for somewhere else. So we went and got it, and um, she was super excited about it, and uh, still is. So we brought it home. We were working on it. And uh, as we're working on it, she said this to us. She goes, Mom, Dad, God knew I would get this bike before I was born. And uh, I thought, wow, our five-year-old's teaching us theology now. She, she knows, right? So, so God, in his infinite wisdom, what does he do? He already knows what's going to happen, right? He already knows all the good, all the wonderful things that are going to happen. And he, he's like celebrating that in advance. And you know what else he's doing? He's preparing us for the difficulty. He's preparing us for that, what we think is a deviation in the planet. Because I know we do that. We're like, this, this thing happened, and, and God, it, it's not a part of the deal. It's just not. I know it's not. And God's going like, You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. So the question is, do we? Do we have confidence in that plan that he's given in this revealed plan? Because he's shown us a lot of the plan, right? We, we a lot of times think, well, you know, Jesus hasn't come back yet, so we're still waiting on some things, but he's revealed a lot. So what else does he say? In verse 10, it says, "...in which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel." <clears throat> what a, Paul could have just left it at, but he goes, he goes no, hey, uh, here's what happened. You know who's, what God has done? He manifested himself, his glory, and the person and work of Jesus Christ, the Son who came and, and dwelt among us, is what the Scripture tells us. And what did he do with that dwelling? Did he just like go around fulfilling all of his desires, his wants, his needs? Um, no, he, he took care of everybody else, and then at the end of his life, he got on a cross and spilled out his blood for our sins. So, what does Paul say here um, that Jesus did? The appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality. I love that word. It's a good word if you need encouragement today. He abolished katarego in the Greek, and it just means to render idle, to unemploy, to inactivate, or make inoperable. So what did he do with death when he got on the cross? And he spilled out his blood and he died. The temple veil was torn and then he rose three days later. And nobody else did that, but God himself took on all of our sins. And it says here that he abolished, he rendered it idle, death to us. Now, because we live in a fallen world, what, what's going to happen to us? Like if before Jesus comes back, we're going to die a physical death. But there's this spiritual death that we're not going to experience. We're going to stand before God and he's going he's gonna to go, is your name in the book? Why should I let you into heaven? And hopefully we hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Well, because Paul lists here the reason, he says, hey, it's not because of our works, but it's because of what Jesus did who abolished death. And what did he bring? He brought life and immortality. Life and immortality. 
this word here <clears throat> for life is awesome. It just whenever you see it in the Greek, it just always you see a lot of different words for life, but this one in particular, when it's said, it always means eternal life. And he's going, you're gonna experience eternal life, <clears throat> you know, when you die and you get to heaven. But what is he saying here? He says he's abolished death and he's brought life in immortality to light through the gospel. So we're not only we we are given this salvation, but we get to experience light in immortality. So we're directly connected to God. And this word for immortality here, aptharsa in the Greek, it's this perpetual incorruptible life. A lot of times we get saved and we make this first time decision. Maybe it was as a kid, maybe it was later in life. And and we just go like, yes, I believe that. But when the plan deviates and we feel like we don't have confidence in it anymore, we go, I'm not sure. Do we really still have access to that life, eternal and incorruptible well, the answer is yes, we always have access to it, right? God's revealed that to us, and that's a guarantee. It's so like no matter what day you wake up and you're just going like, I, I just don't know if I can trust the plan. God's going, hey, the best part of it has been revealed, that you can have access, direct access to God. And so the second thing is a purposeful plan. So we've got the revealed plan. We've got a purposeful plan. We, if you didn't know, you have purpose in your life. Um, so God's revealed a lot of things through Jesus Christ and, not, and for the whole world to receive salvation. And we have this individual purpose. So Paul talks about this. He says in verse 11, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher. And so um, each one of us have identity. We have a purpose. We have a specific role um, to play in this world and this life that God has given us. And so as the school season's about to start, I know I've been talking to several of you teachers, and you're like, yeah, I've already been up at school. We're doing the open house thing. And so already kind of getting in that mode, and school starts for the kids this week. And so that's maybe part of your vocational purpose. Um, I know we have a lot of different people just kind of all over the place, people in medical fields, um, people who are helping in, in a lot of different spaces. And so I don't know what that purpose for you vocationally is, but all of us belong to Christ. And so Paul's like, I've got this individual purpose here, and here's what God's doing in my life. And then verse 12, which we should all be able to tell people, what's my purpose? What has God put me here for? Um, <clears throat> verse 12 says, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So we've got confidence in the plan, both corporately and personally. So Paul is sharing this with the church in Ephesus, and as they're hearing this, he's going, God's called me to this purpose, to be a minister of the gospel, and that's why I'm suffering. Do you think anybody in the room, Timothy would have been, he would have understood, but anybody else was going like, man, I, I mean, <clears throat> called to suffer? That sounds difficult. That sounds hard. I'm not sure that I want that to be a part of my plan. But what do we know about life? Well, it's filled with difficulty already. And so Paul's saying, but I'm suffering specifically. Remember, there was this persecution for Christians, uh, and the emperor at the time had just gotten sick of Christianity, and he, he, he said, hey, you guys, yeah, you remember that fire that burned down half a room? You guys started it, and now, I, now I'm going to blame you, and so I can just get rid of as many of you as I want so because he was a minister, because he was a Christian, he said he was suffering. But what else did he say? He said, but I'm not ashamed, for I'm known whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So in this good news, we've got a revealed plan. We've got a purposeful plan that, that no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, we can have confidence in. And when we are standing before opposition, I don't know, maybe you've been made fun of for being a believer. That's probably as, about as bad as it gets for most people, although it seems like nowadays we hear things about churches being vandalized and things like that going on, and I'm just like, why? You know, 
Why is that going on? Well, when we stand before God, and even now, we're able to say, we're not ashamed for what we believe. We can share it openly and freely. And as a world that doesn't like the truth, doesn't like the gospel message, we need to proclaim it all the more uh, in love. <clears throat> because what should we be? Convinced, right? We should have confidence in this plan that God has given. And he, he's not the one, like I know sometimes we think like, well, in this plan, like I, I've just, I've got to hold up my faith. I've got to hold up my family. Um, I've got to hold up all these different situations. And at times it can feel just crushing, you know? It's like when the, when the weight of responsibility in the world and difficulty comes on us, we go, we go God, I, I can handle it. And then really quickly we realize we can't handle it, right? We just can't handle it. And so that's when we, we go, we turn back to God and we go, okay, okay. I know this is a part of the plan, and I want to trust you, and I need your help in it. So Paul's not going, hey, I'm not holding this thing up, right? I'm convinced that he's able, right? He says he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. It's good news. And verse 13 says, he says, follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So we've got wise words versus worldly words. Again, we've been talking about this throughout First and Second Timothy, but things get really, really difficult of the few years between First and Second Timothy being written. Christians are being persecuted, and you can bet there was probably a mass exodus from the church at this time. Uh, fire burns down half of Rome. Nero says, if you're a Christian, you better watch out because you're responsible and you're going to pay the price for this. But what does Paul say? He says, don't go run away. He says, follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ. Jesus. So why do we have confidence? Well, we're following this pattern of somebody else that's far greater, far better. Jesus, who was this example for us, who was revealed, and he's given us this this amazing purpose in life. And it doesn't really matter what we do, like vocationally in this world, but it matters who we are and how we're showing the world that we do believe. And in verse 14, it says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So um, this is kind of the how or purpose, the Holy Spirit. So he says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So we not only like, we're not holding this thing up, right? We're not holding up our salvation and our faith. We're not, you know, worrying about like every time we slip up. We're not going, oh man, God, he's, I mean, he's going to be so upset. Like I got to go make this thing right. It's not about not confessing things to God, but, but he's going like, look, it's already been paid for. So why do we have confidence? Because we have a plan. It's been revealed. We've got a purpose in our lives um, Basil the Great, who was a church father, said this about verse 14. He said, If we offer glory to God in the Spirit, we mean that the Spirit enables us to fulfill the requirements of true religion. So we not only don't hold up the situation of our lives and the plan that's going on, like God's holding all of that up. And then more than that, we think about the things like, God, I just, I don't, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, I know you got this plan for me, but I'm not sure I can do it. Wait a minute. You want me to be a witness in my workplace? You want me to, but, what Greg said, you want me to pray for people at work? I don't know, that's kind of hard, and I'm just not sure I want to do that, or I don't really know them, or they're kind of mean, so I don't want to pray for them, you know? And so we go through all these things in our mind, but <clears throat> how do we accomplish these things? If we were doing them because we wanted to, not going to work, right? If we were doing them just like some, out of some sort of um, begrudging, you know, obligation, or I'm a Christian, so I guess I'm supposed to do these things, right? Does that last very long? Or maybe we operate off of like the guilt trip mode, and we're like, man, God, he's... I mean, I've done some bad stuff, so I need to make this right, or, you know, he really wants me to, and if I don't, he's going to be upset. Well, <clears throat> well, what do we operate in? We should be operating in the Spirit, which it gives us this power to do whatever he wants us to do. So we don't have to just be, like, you know, quaking every time, or like, I know what my purpose is and what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it. God's like, you're right. <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. 
That's why I've given you the spirit that dwells inside of you. And so that this is good news. We've got a revealed plan. We've got a purposeful plan. It doesn't, doesn't rest on us. He holds it up. And the last thing, we've got a merciful plan. Merciful plan. Verse 15 tells us, You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Philegius and Hermogenes. When I read that, you know, I think like the Bible gives specific examples sometimes of people who are not nice. Or uh, uh, Hannah's been learning a lot of new words lately, and that's one of the things she says. Like if somebody says something or does something she doesn't like, she's like, not nice. Not nice. And she just keeps saying, not nice. We're like, okay, all right, we're sorry. All right? Not nice. She's got a real stern face with it, too. Not nice. <clears throat> so when Paul's saying this, he's not just like beating people up. He's just going, look, in life, in this plan, God is going to pour out his mercy on us. I know at times it doesn't seem like that. But he says to the church, you're aware, and he names specific people, which don't, you probably don't want to name your kids this. But he says, here's some people who were not nice. They, they really treated you know, me badly. Um, and there were a, a number of people that he's going to mention, like they deserted Christianity. They were like, yeah, we're saved. And then when things went really bad, they were like, just kidding. We don't want to have to, we don't want to go to the Colosseum. We don't want to have to fight a lion. Um, we, like, we like where we're at right now. So this is more important to us than the gospel and the calling on our lives, this revealed plan and this purposeful plan that God has. And it's merciful too, and uh, Paul's going to show us why. He says in verse 16, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. Uh, We'll see this theme in 2 Timothy as uh, Paul talks about Timothy and about the church and individuals who were not nice and people who were outpouring, who were merciful, who were gracious. How did God use those people? I think a lot of times, too, we get kind of like, um, we go like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do the things you want me to do, or he's, he'll press on our hearts uh, through the Spirit to go and take care of something for somebody or help somebody out or wh- whatever that is. And we just go, God, I, I mean, I'm a Christian, but I don't know that I want other people to know that about me, right? And so we kind of, we back away from being obedient to God, too. And so it's not just about trusting God in the plan of like, okay, even if things are not going well, like I'm going to trust you no matter what, even if you, things deviate from what I think they're supposed to be. But, but also going, how can we be people like this who in the scriptures, Paul talks about specifically, again, you don't want to be the not nice people, uh, but the ones that he talks about here on Onesiphorus, the household, he goes, this guy was here for me. This guy really cared for me. And I, I can tell you um, right now, we've been so encouraged. It's like we... Um, we came here, I guess it was over, a little over three years ago, and um, the, out, the encouragement, the outpouring of love uh, we've received uh, has just been awesome. You know? And I think about, like, if I was Paul writing this, I would have put a lot of, you, a lot of your people's names uh, in here and, um, and just said, man, they, they were there for me. They've been there for me. They've been encouraging, um, even um, being the pastor. You know, that's what I'm supposed to supply on a regular basis for you guys, but you've done a lot of that for me as well. So should, we should be encouraged by this, but we should be challenged by it too. Like, I, I want to be like, Onesiphorus. I want to be like a guy like while Paul's in prison, he's going, this guy, his household, they were an encouragement to me. And so, uh, man, the, the, the grace and the encouragement that we get from um, helping others and being merciful to is a part of the deal. So um, God supplies it, but we're supposed to be obedient in that as well. See the kind of blessing that we can receive as well. So we've got the revealed, the purposeful, and the merciful. And in verse 18, it says, May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. So um, 
being merciful in the end and the labor of partnership is so important in the church. Um, We know we have this plan that was revealed and most of us know the gospel. And most of us know like, yeah, I I know I have this like specific purpose in my life. I'm supposed to be doing um, these certain things or at my work or at homes. Yes, I'm supposed to lead my family, encourage them and talk to them about God. Uh, And so we have these areas where we know we have purpose. But when it comes down to it, do we really believe in this merciful plan that God has? Like through other people, to encourage and build us up, uh, for us to do the same thing, for us to walk in obedience to that. And so there's just a few things I want to mention as we just kind of close out this verse, and then I'll share a story with you. Um, God's merciful in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's easy to look past those things, isn't it? Um, Sometimes it's easy for us to fixate on the negative, right? Uh, Maybe you're uh, more of like the glass is half full individual. Maybe more it's like half empty. Either way, we can still look at all the mercies that God has poured out on us and focus on those. Um, so one of those being um, knowing that bad things happen to us, people will um, desert us sometimes, and even worse. Maybe you've had that happen to you before. As Paul talks about that, maybe you thought about somebody who was like, that guy. <laughs> it still kind of makes you sick, or you get a bad taste in your mouth from somebody who was maybe a part of your life that's not anymore, and you just go, man, I wish that's not the way that it went. But God's mercy and his love still covers those situations. Maybe not in full reconciliation. That's okay. And so sometimes these things happen, and Paul's like, yeah, this happened to me, and <laughs> it's probably going to happen to you. And so God doesn't want this to keep, to keep uh, this from us um, growing, though. Sometimes we'll take these situations, and we'll just be like, this was a big deviation. And, um, you know, God, I just feel like you don't care. Like, why did this go wrong? Why did this family situation not work out this way? Why did this friendship end? Why did, and we can just kind of fill in the blank and just go, if it deviates from this line that we think we're supposed, it's supposed to be on, then we, we get discouraged, right? Instead of being encouraged, Paul's going, it's going to happen. Those kind of things are going to happen. So where do we find our hope? Where do we find our mercy? Well, we find it in God. And so and when we go through the difficulty, he provides comforters a lot of times too. And it, the things that have happened um, really over the last several years, and even this last year, I'll share a few things, but uh, it's, it's been difficult for us health-wise and um, uh, for a miscarriage that I'll share about and Christy's health. And so you guys have been there to encourage and lift up and pray for us. And um, we need those comforters, don't we? I know we've all experienced those different situations. And if we don't have that person, if we don't have somebody, if we don't have the community of faith, it can be really, really difficult, can't it? We're just like, where do, where do we go? Where do we turn to? And Paul says, I know where to turn to. In fact, I know the specific household. It was a real encouragement to me. And so instead of just like despairing, we fill in the blank with like, here's who has been an encourager. So God's lifted me up, and he's used his people to lift me up also. And so the third thing, just in closing on this passage, um, he gives us mercy through helping others uh, as we are blessed by doing this. So um, I thought about this too. It's like we have you know, comforters, encouragers, but, but what are we supposed to be doing? You know, I referenced this briefly, but, but maybe there's purpose in talking to the person who's having a hard day. Maybe you don't know them and you're like, I'm not a people person, so God, like I know you kind of wanted me to do that. And I, I really felt that, but mm, not feeling it today, <laughs> right? If we just did that every time we were supposed to do something, then, then man, all the blessings we miss out on. And I think sometimes we think like, well, today my plan was to go here and I'm going to do this, and I've got to go here and do this. And if I have to do that thing that you just told me about, which, by the way, it, it wasn't in the planner when I pulled it out this morning, uh, then, then I, can't, I can't do it. It's not about, it's about us being obedient, but it's also about us taking hold of those blessings that God gives us through meeting the needs, whatever they are. That's part of God's mercy that he gives to us. And so as I was thinking about all this, this, this you know, I love it when a plan comes together. 
Um, and these three ideas in the text that Paul presents to us that God wants us to understand, we've got a revealed plan, a purposeful plan, uh, and a merciful one. Um, that's the one that's maybe at times the hardest to hold on to um, in the difficult season. Um, I was thinking about how to close things out this morning, and I changed it this morning. I don't like doing that. You guys know I'm type A, so it's like I had a plan, and then, of course, it changed, right? So that's okay. And so I was praying about that this morning, and um, I was just writing a few things down, and uh, it was actually, it was birthed out of a conversation that Andy and I were having. We were at breakfast this week, and um, he told me about an album that had come out recently, and uh, a new Toby Mac album. I actually hadn't, I, I was like, oh yeah, I think I heard of that, but I hadn't listened to the thing, you know, all the way through, and so I went and pulled it up and listened to it, and uh it's different than a lot of his other works. It's a, it w- I would say it's a difficult album to listen to if you've ever experienced loss and heartache, which most of us have. And in the album, uh, there's a song that uh, is titled Everything About You. And it's a song that um, Toby Mac and his daughter, Marley, they uh, sung together. And uh, the lines in here, I'll just read a few of them. It says, When the gray falls out of the sky and then lands on your shoulders, when a nightmare walks through your door, and you live it over and over, you want the truth to be a lie. And, man, I can't imagine. Like, I know I, I've said this before, but, like, the, the collective herd of the space that comes in here this morning, and it would be overwhelming if we could all understand it and perceive it at one time. But what is the good news for us? Well, God really does have this merciful plan laid out for us. And in the midst of difficulty, I think at times we do. We go, like we've said, we, we start to lose hope or we start to lose confidence in the plan. And I was thinking about this last year. God's been just, you know, amazing to us, but we've experienced difficulty. And so uh, about this time last year in August, um, found out we had a miscarriage. We were uh, coming back from uh, Texas. We were um, driving, which just is terrible. <laughs> it takes a long time. Uh, and so we were driving back, and Christy started not to feel well. And so long story short, we ended up stopping at a hospital. And um, some of those things were confirmed for us I mean, that she had had a miscarriage. We still had to come back and do some tests. But I remember just being in the car and like crying. And you know, the girls were in there, and it's, it's always tough. Like you're like, I can cry by myself, but if your kids are there, you're like, it's hard to shield them from it, right? And so we're in the car, and because of you know COVID, great. Uh, you know, I couldn't go in with her, right? So I'm out in the car too with the kids and. Alana, she's like, the girls start crying too. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I'm you know, causing them to, them to cry too. And so she, she looks at me and goes, Dad, are you okay? I've never, I've never seen you cry like this. And, um, and uh, what she said, I've never seen you cry like this. And, uh, and, she's like, and she said, now I can't stop crying. <laughs> and um, so I said to her, I said, I'm not okay right now, but I will be one day. And so, I don't know. I don't know where you're you know, coming from in the room now. I, I think about all the good things God has done. They're like, that was a hard time. And then he gave us another child. He gave us Sydney. And so, we, you know, we're, that's in the season we're in, we're celebrating that right now. It doesn't take away the hurt of the deviation from the plan, but God, he brings mercy in the situation. So, we actually named Sydney, I named our fourth child, Sydney, so um, after uh, my choir teacher who was killed in the shooting at my church and this is a reminder, you know, it's like, it's not like we pretend like the plan doesn't deviate at times, right? It's not like we just, like we pretend like when something doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, right? We just go, God, this wasn't a part of the deal. We have to go, God, we, we trust you, right? I've had so many of those conversations, like with God, where I just go, I don't want this to be part of the plan, but I understand that it is, and I trust you, 
no matter what. And sometimes that's all we need to do. Like as we're thinking about this, we know we've got the revealed plan. We, most of us don't have a problem with the gospel. We think like that is great. We've been saved, and yet we have an individual purpose like the whole world does in being saved and belonging to God. But then when it comes to God's merciful plan, carrying that out daily and then dealing with the hard stuff, sometimes that's, that's just where like the train stops for us. And we go, no, 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 let's get it back on the tracks. That's not the way I want to go. But God's like, it's the way you need to go. It's the way you need to go. And he's teaching us and he's helping us to grow in it. So the question is, do we have confidence in this plan? It's been revealed. It gives us purpose and shows us God's mercy in the midst of all of it. And so I don't know. uh, Maybe you're here today and you're like, not what I was expecting. (laughs) And at times it's, you know, these kind of things are not always what I want to share. But the reality is that and it, it, it can be easy to trust God. Like when, the, when things are going down that path that we're like, this is the way I planned it. This is the way I wanted it to be. But when it deviates, we need encouragement. We need to be lifted up. We need to give it over to the Lord and say, look, we trust you. With all this, we need people in our lives, by the way, too. So if you don't belong somewhere, just, I always tell people that. Like if you don't belong to a community of faith, you need to belong somewhere. And it's not like so, so we can feel better. You know, <laughs> They're a part of our family of faith now, so we feel better about ourselves. No, it's so we can be there for each other. Like Paul said, hey, as he's in chains, he's going to keep talking about people like, they ministered to me. They were not so nice. These people really helped. And so who are you going to be like? What are we going to be like? I don't know. That's your choice. But do you have confidence in the plan, um, God's plan specifically? So if you're here and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have confidence. Maybe you're listening online. Maybe it's because you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're like, I believe some of those things, but I don't remember a time where I was like, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe and what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross, and I confess with my mouth that he's the Lord of your life. And I would encourage you today, if you haven't made that decision, I'll be here to talk about it afterwards. Uh, If you're online, then feel free to reach out to us um, after this. I'd be glad to connect with you that way. um, Let me pray for us. We'll close. Uh, Father, you uh, are so good to us. We, um, at times, we don't always see it. We feel as though when plans change, when things don't always go the way that we feel like they're supposed to go, um, we lose heart, we lose confidence in the good plan that you have. God, I pray that um, we would understand in all this that you've revealed a perfect plan, um, that you sent your son to die for us on the cross, and that all who believe uh, will be saved, will be with you in heaven forever when we die. God, we're thankful that you have saved us, that you've abolished death, that second death we don't have to experience, that we can be with you forever in eternal glory. Um, God, for each of us in here who are maybe struggling, uh, maybe haven't found our purpose in life, um, I pray that we would find that in you, whatever that looks like, God. We know it's supposed to be wrapped up in who you are and what you want for us. When the plan deviates sometimes, when it doesn't always go the way that we want it to, I pray that we would find your mercy, um, that it, like Paul did, and those who were in the community of faith, Um, that we could be lifted up, that we could be encouraged, and we could be reminded that you've got a great plan uh, for each of us. And although sometimes it's it's filled with heartache, um, we're reminded by your goodness always. Um, Help us, help us, God, as we uh, do your work this week. As things become a little more busy for everybody, I pray that we would not lose sight of who you are and uh, what you are doing in each and every one of our lives. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Um, have a wonderful week. Please uh, remember um, the memorial service on Saturday so we can be here to support.